And of course, then I think it was just, it was not considered, you know, like it wasn't long after apartheid. I think it was, uh, Nelson Mandela was still in prison. So when the Americans came from Phoenix, Chris Smart didn't want them to know that we were selling South Africa. So when they visited from Phoenix, I used to sort of almost get shoved into a cupboard <laughs> with my <laughs> brushes, you know, so they didn't know what we were up to. But it, it turned out to be quite lucrative. That was Sue Ricketts from Target Africa, and this is the Travelling Optimist podcast with Steve Odie. Hey everyone, and welcome to episode 10. Yes, that's 10 episodes of the Travelling Optimist podcast with me, Steve Odie. It's been a little too long in between the shows for those of you desperately waiting for another instalment of the podcast and then an injection of optimism. Uh, things got a bit sidelined recently as I managed to get myself some consultancy work and investment company in Dorking. Uh, it's been a great few weeks actually, and I've uh, definitely learned a few things about myself, namely, I'm pretty decent at learning new systems and ways of working. It's something that uh, hopefully I'll be able to use moving forward. So how are things with you? Um, what have you been up to over the last few weeks? Uh, have you been to the pub for that long-awaited beer or gin and tonic? Uh, whatever, whatever you've done, um, I hope you had a great time. It's, uh, it's been such a, a weird few months, but there are signs of some semblance of the new normality coming through. Have you booked a trip away for next year, potentially? Do let me know via Twitter. My Twitter handle is at Steve Odie. Uh, and I might even set up a podcast email as well. I'll let you know on that. Either way, please get in touch. And don't forget to subscribe to the pod at Apple Podcast and Spotify and Google too. Okay, this new episode of The Travelling Optimist brings you one of my most favourite people in the travel industry. She is someone I've known since 1987 when she was one of my first bosses in the travel industry. Sue Ricketts has been at the forefront of travel since her first job with Laker Airways as a PR assistant, earning a whopping £800 a year. And I first met Sue at JetSave Travel, who at the time were the number one company for USA holidays. That was absolutely booming at the time as well. And from there, Sue's worked at a number of other travel businesses before setting up her own travel marketing business, Target Africa, in 2003. Sue has has an enviable reputation in the industry and is working with some incredible brands to help promote tourism in Africa. So without further ado, let's have a chat with Sue. Hey Sue, welcome to the Travelling Optimist podcast. Thanks for coming on the show. Hello Steve, lovely to speak to you again. Uh, (laughs) This is such a treat actually because... um, uh, we've known each other for quite a long oh, time. Don't now, say. I, won't, I won't say the number of years, but um, and I remember as a you know a eighteen year old and what is my first job, pretty much in um, in sales in travel. And there you you were my my first boss, and you were brilliant. I think we're, I think it was on the flights department at JetSafe, wasn't it? Of course, yeah, cheap flights, cheap <laughs> yeah. flights to Orlando. Yeah, uh, it's such a great. I mean, I, I remember working at JetSafe. It was such a brilliant company to work for. I loved. Wasn't I was it? only there three years I really loved it actually yeah it was it was you know the forefront of that low-cost travel uh, industry and and it was exciting it was kind of pioneering times people hadn't been able to travel to Miami or, or Florida or New York or, or any sort of I think we did Canada as well actually yeah. but all of those long-haul destinations some of them for 99 pounds so yeah it was it was it was interesting it was, oh, it was, it was such good fun. it really yeah. was brilliant and um yeah, my my first educational trip um, in in travel was to Florida with JetSave. I remember that. 
So, yeah, yeah, mine too, Miami, before <laughs> Orlando had opened, actually. <laughs> oh, really? So yeah. um, your career has spanned a number of years. And I mentioned it in the intro when you, you know, your first job at, at Laker Airways. As, mm. you, you were a PR assistant, I think, weren't you? Yes, I just want, I, I just uh, didn't, didn't go to uni and just blundered around, went uh, to an employment agency, actually, and picked up that job as a, as a PR assistant, had my O-levels, and uh, went along for the interview. And um, within a month, my boss, the PR manager, her husband became ill, and she just went off for three months and threw me in at the deep end as a, as a 19-year-old. So when Freddie was at the height of his fame, you know, yeah. sort of even having to uh, lend him a comb to uh, do his hair for the front cover of Time magazine. I mean, they were totally surreal, being interviewed by everyone from Barbara Waters yeah. uh, to for Angela Rippon just after her Morecambe Wise appearance. I mean, they were they were mad times. Yeah, long hours, lots of fun. Oh, amazing! Good branding. I, I yeah. love that. Did you used to get um, you used to get a lift home, didn't you? Uh, sometimes if you work late. <laughs> In his, yes. his Rolls Royce. Absolutely. In the white Rolls Royce, FAL1. Yeah, it, oh. it was much better than getting the bus. It was almost worth uh, <laughs> working late. Yeah, they, they, he, he was a great guy, a real character. Yeah. The forerunner, of course, to Richard Branson. I mean, oh, absolutely. To- to- anyone to- should to- just Google Freddie Laker. He was, he was up there, yeah. Absolutely. I've gone completely off script now because I wasn't actually going to talk about Freddie Laker for a bit, but I thought <laughs> I, I just went, got straight into it and got completely lost in the moment there. So um, you're, you're currently um, looking at uh, looking after some clients in Africa, and um, yes. which sort of all stemmed from where you did some work for um, a tour operator working on their Africa program. And so, yes, I mean, it, it was from Jet Save then to Southern Africa Travel. And then, yeah, to, mm. uh, South Africa was a very small program, very niche at the time. Yeah, back in the sort of early two, 2000s, wasn't it? Yes. So the, the, the clients that you work with at the moment, how are they sort of coping with, uh, you know, what's been going on over the last couple of months? They're all ready, raring to go. They, you know, they've got all the, all the, all the COVID uh, things in, uh, in place. They're just yeah. waiting for their government uh, to open up to, at the moment for domestic tourism before they can even think of international tourism. But uh, they're suffering. Actually, that that's closed anyway for for refurbishment, and that was supposed to be uh, reopening in November. Mm. But uh, so that's not so bad. But the others are suffering hugely. It's something that obviously is affecting tens of thousands of people at the moment, and it's a. I just feel that sometimes with the. Um, onset of what happened in March there was quite a bit of optimism in terms of get it this oh it, it's it's only going to be a couple of months and then we're all going to be back on track again yeah. and um, I know that you know uh, there were lots of tour operators or uh, you know companies abroad that were saying it's fine well we'll be back on track in June or July and and, and, and things but actually in the cold light of day I think 2020 is a bit of a write-off isn't it I would agree Yes. Yeah. 
not very optimistic of me, I know, but um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've gone. The traveling realist, I think, is probably what we're going to call it. Yeah, um, but you know, I, I think hopefully, what I, well, I know that there are a lot of tour operators and businesses out, travel businesses out there that have used this time constructively to uh, to get things in order, particularly with from a, a hotel perspective, that things of that time has been used really well, and there's been some ingenious things going on as well. When we talked about this before, in terms of from a con- conservation aspect and I know that some of your clients that you work with at the moment are are asking for gifts that can be used against you know future holidays aren't they I know there's some East Africa uh, lodges that are doing the same yeah my Botswana client uh, have just launched a scheme you know you can buy a voucher ahead guarantee the the price up until Mm. the end of 2022 Mm. and then 10% of their proceeds to go into community projects because of course I mean whether it's Botswana Zimbabwe or South Africa there's no government help there all of those guides lodge staff uh, everyone Mm. just sitting and waiting for things to reopen and Mm. you've probably seen in South Africa there's some dire situations there with local communities but you know they then go into their summer and we go into our winter so Mm. I'm confident that things inquiries will will pick up we are all fed up with being locked away Mm. and be looking for some winter sunshine maybe but yeah I think realistically from January onwards I think so too hemisphere yeah are sort of entering into their summer there'll be some good deals around as well well do you think so because um, I mean I mean something needs to be yeah absolutely we don't want people to lose you know a ton of money but uh, you know equally we just need to try and stimulate some demand is that is that the sort of strategy that I think so and you know think of think of it I mean you're getting you go to Africa you're getting an an open game viewing vehicle to go on safari you're out in the fresh air you know the risks there are probably minimal compared to going to a I don't know an all-inclusive resort in the Caribbean or something Mm. but yeah Africa is all about wide open spaces and the risks are minimal I would think yeah but particularly when you're in a smaller camp and yes. um, you know, so things are spread out a little bit more, aren't they? It's Absolutely. a bit easier to manage. And yeah. the hygiene standards are mostly way ahead of us because they have the staff and the manpower. Yeah, to, absolutely. To that. So it's some very interesting, as they call it, you no know, protocols that mm. are uh, very emerging. And how have you sort of been coping over the last few months? What have you been up to? <laughs> Learning lots of new things, uh, uh, lots of online tutorials about uh, social media. I wasn't too bad on that anyway, actually. But learning how to put together little eye movies on my clients. Oh, yeah, brilliant. Uh, I've actually, I mean, I live in the Ashdown Forest. And I've actually had a couple of sales meetings with local agents. Say, Let's go for a walk, you know. Uh, and at the very beginning, some of the agents said to me, look, oh, so give me a break. You know, I've got my kids at home and <laughs> I need to keep them entertained. And so I said, OK, I did a, um, a child, uh, like an educational presentation then sneaked in my, my lodges in between. So teaching the kids, you know, what is the collective noun for a giraffe or, a, a you know, a group of rhino or whatever. 
Um, and yeah, I got some good feedback on that. That was very early days, actually. Oh, that's um, that's great. You, know, you just got to think out. You got to think box, about outside. The, absolutely, yeah, outside yes. the box. It's basically encourage people to, like you said, think outside the box and actually come up with some innovative um, ways of communicating with with clients and and, and tour operators. No, it's a great idea. Fantastic. Yeah. It's been it's been a very interesting few few months for me as well. And I think that uh, and I think that's echoed really in terms of a lot of our colleagues in the industry have been going on online and there's lots of free free courses aren't there I, yes. I came to the party a bit late on that one but yeah there, there are some fantastic ones in fact also some courses which are like 10 or 15 pounds or something and you come out um, oh, really? yeah oh, yeah, yeah really really yeah. clever <laughs> Really clever yeah. stuff. Yeah, no, good for you. Keeping the um, continuous professional development going. Oh, you've got to keep your sense of humour and stay positive. And I know it's not easy for everyone. It really isn't. No, it's absolutely. Really. So <laughs> stay positive. Try and keep your clients happy. And keep them informed and keep in touch. You know, yeah. I've been finding out, I've been phoning my agents. And, I've, I've, you know, the, the relationships have developed a little bit further, maybe. They're a little bit more personal because people are at home. Yeah. They've got time to talk and they're confiding in you. Yes. You're almost a bit like an agony, agony aunt sometimes. <laughs> Who thought it? <laughs> well, no, th- th- you know, but that just that just basically strengthens that um, relationship with the with yes. with those agents, and also it, it says a lot about you as well. You know that they they feel that they you know can talk to you in the, in that way, and that's um, you know which is fantastic, and I love that. Hope so. Yeah. Oh no, absolutely. Let, when we were at JetSave, yeah, you mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> there were some real characters, weren't there? And, and oh, I think this is, yeah. I guess, I think what, because <laughs> there's a big old school sort of jet save contingent out there in the world somewhere, I'm sure. And um, so hopefully all my listeners aren't going to get too bored with this, but there were some real characters, weren't there, in the travel industry in those days? And actually, it seemed like there were a lot of them were at jet save at that time. People, yes. you know, and people... we're all in the wine bar together, usually <laughs> at lunchtime from about 12 30 to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Camelot's, I think it was, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Or La and, Farola, yeah. Oh, La Farola as well. Oh, my God. I know. I mean, can you imagine it? That was a sort of madman era of travel, wasn't it? And yeah. You, you wouldn't think of going for lunch now for a couple of hours. It's just... <laughs> insane well yeah totally but you said that they were they were pioneers and I think when you're 18 you kind of you take it for a little bit for granted because you aren't you're sort of a bit of green between the behind the ears if you see if you like yeah. uh, but you know they were the first company one of the first travel companies to get um, computerized weren't they yes yeah because before that we had uh, just uh, whiteboards yeah uh, sort of marked up into grids and it had the dates that the flights departed and the amount of seats that were left to sail. So you had to sort of leap up from your seat when you're on the phone and say, oh, you know, there's 10 seats, uh, uh, or hang on, you know, and you run up, (laughs) you subtracted it, and then ran back and said, okay, yeah, yeah, no, I've got you your three seats or whatever. Yeah. And uh, wrote a little slip out, which was counted up at the end of the day yes good. and do you remember the um the, the books that we had when people were booking a holiday we had to oh, fill yeah, in fill charts. in the books yeah the big charts yeah. with each hotel and every date <laughs> and we had to sort of put in pencil the duration of their of their holiday and 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 ironically after i left 
JetSave, I went to work at a company called Tropical Places and okay. they'd only gone and bought those books from JetSave. <laughs> so I, I left JetSave thinking, oh, this is great. Well, you know, I've got rid of all the, the books and we're computerized. I went to another company and I've got the same books. I could almost see my own handwriting on some of these books with quality in Orlando rubbed out sort of the words are sort of embossed on the page almost. It's really funny. Well, I think they, they were the same ownership, actually, at that point, weren't they? Because they were so local. But yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah, I mean, you try and explain that to someone even in their 40s, and they look at you as though you're a complete dinosaur. But, yeah, you know, it's not to say we don't know how to use a computer. We do. But, no. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, but they yeah. were very, in many ways, they were sort of ahead of the time because, and, and I, I say that in a, in, a, in a way that there are a lot of ladies in very senior positions at JetSave and that was pioneering with... Um, That's with, true, actually. I never thought of that. Yeah. yeah. No, absolutely. There were. Yeah, I mean, Jackie Todd and... Who else was there? Jill Gilbert. Uh, or was it Jill? Was that Jill Denny? Yes. Yeah, Jill Gilbert yeah. now. So she I'll was share a, this with her. I'm friends with her on Facebook. Are you? <laughs> yes. Lots, was it, well, Jill was yeah, the Marilyn first... Marilyn O'Brien was my, my mentor. Completely. Yes character yeah she got me into product that's right yes absolutely yeah. and, and there was yeah. kit a lady called kit as well i can't remember yeah her name. stay in touch with her she oh do you yeah, yeah. I, I think and jill was one of the first directors in in yes travel she wasn't was. she? Like female yes, directors yeah. no brilliant times loved it absolutely fantastic and wild uh, christmas parties <laughs> we weren't going to that <laughs> no, no. But I, I remember seeing on Facebook you put a picture up, didn't you, of um, John Stanley do, it, doing an impersonation of Peter Sellers. And of course, he did look like him, didn't he? Yes, yeah. As uh, as Clouseau, Clouseau, and I was yeah. The uh, French uh, tart beside him because I was heading up the European department. Yeah, they had a very uh, a very sort of interesting PR. Yeah, they were good. No, they brilliant PR company that we had them. Absolutely. Oh my God. Yeah, absolutely. And in fact, you know, just to finish up on, on JetSave, I saw uh, as about two weeks ago, somebody walking through East Grinstead and they had one of the JetSave bags. No. Yeah, no, no, it, no absolutely. Still. Yeah. I, I thought that, that's got to be worth a few, a few pounds. A travel right? bag. Yeah. Mm. What, what prize possessions they were. I, I <laughs> once went to the Everglades and there was an alligator wrestler there called Bobby Tiger who also had a JetSafe travel bag. <laughs> they were global, those things. They were everywhere. Yeah, absolutely. But um, they're being recycled. Everyone's sort of buying them up and using them as as, as, as travel bags now. It's no, fantastic. Hunt, yeah, absolutely. Them. So, what, why did you get into travel then? Why? Well, I yeah. just blundered in with the with the uh, Laker thing, and then a jet save. My husband had a print company in East Winstead. And he was doing the printing for JetSafe. So oh, right. he said, oh, yeah, you, you left there. You want to go along there and see if you can get an interview. And the rest is history. Yeah, I, I was, was obviously with you in the North American sector, then went to Canadian Pacific with Malcolm yeah. James for uh, another low-cost uh, flights to Canada um, for three years, came back to JetSafe. And then was just given the South Africa program, as it was then, when JetSafe was owned by Greyhound, say, oh, you know, that's like an insignificant little product line. Give it to the junior and uh, see what she can do with it and build it from there. But of course, then I think it was just, it was not considered, you know, like it wasn't long after apartheid. I think it was Nelson Mandela was still in prison. So when the Americans came from Phoenix, 
Kismar didn't want them to know that we were sailing South Africa. So when they visited from Phoenix, I used to sort of almost get shoved into a cupboard <laughs> with my <laughs> brochures, you know, so they didn't know what we were up to. But it, it turned out to be quite lucrative. And then when Jet Save was sold to Crystal Holidays, then at yes, that point, yeah. I was pretty much the only one that kept my job product because they still wanted to continue that program right but i left there and went to unijet so good old nigel jenkins oh my god yeah that's uh, a name a, a name from the past there, yeah, yeah to do worldwide product and i did their worldwide product contracting for a couple of years and then was enticed away by a rich south african supplier that i knew a man called adrian gardner that owns yeah. shamwari game reserves went to work for him oh and that's that led into Starting That's time when I got Africa my Africa hat on. Yeah, ah. yeah. And then I left him. That was a company called Southern Africa Travel to start this. Brilliant. Yeah. And the rest and is history. And my husband was saying, like, you want to do what? <laughs> and how is that? How are you going to get paid? How? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyway, it worked out in the end, but it was, yeah, I had a, I had a lot of good friendships. I called in, like the guys from SAA, they gave me my first free ticket down to yeah. get some more clients. I've been, yeah. you know, the South Africans are so genuine. They are. You know, I've been a buyer and I, I didn't think that they would be so helpful to me. You know, so I've been blessed. I've, I've made some good friends and they really did help me along the way. Brilliant. Oh, that's what it's all about, isn't it? Yeah. You know, that's, I mean, that's, that's amazing. And actually, yeah, you know, my, uh, all Africans are put everybody into the, into the mix there. East and Southern Africa are the, yeah. the people are just incredible. And, um, they are. and I think that's, yeah, they are very genuine. And I think that's what makes it such a great holiday when people go down there, you know, because it, the, the, the people are, you know, incredible. I love it. So, you actually can't really describe that feeling, can you, Steve? When you get, you do that first safari and you think, geez, that elephant is beside me. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, you, you just unless someone's experienced that you really it's quite hard to get that across yes how it is that is it is extremely special it is a it is a, a a trip that i recommend all of my friends and clients and 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 things to to do at least once uh in yes. their in their lifetime and i well i know several people where it's it's almost been a life-changing it does change you i think yeah it does it does it, it gives you a different perspective on things i think mm. would you say would you would you agree yes, with that? Totally, totally. You know, you can just sit for half an hour and listen to the sounds, especially at night, mm. you know, with the crickets. And but yeah, just to hear a hippo or the, the subject is just too enormous, really, to, to try and put into words. Isn't I it? know, I know. You've got to go and feel it. And, and you without sort of making any of your clients jealous or putting you in a difficult on the spot, a difficult on the spot sort of situation here. But where's your favorite place for a holiday? <laughs> you know what? I mean, I'm going to be I'm going to be a politician. Say all of them. I mean, yeah. South Africa is stunning because, of course, the the food, the wines, uh, the scenery. Victoria Falls. I've got two stunning lodges there, and the Zimbabwean people are just amazing as well. Oh yeah, Victoria Falls. You just can't imagine the power of that. But I would, I, you know, Botswana is pretty special to me because it's one of the last wildernesses that you can experience on this planet. The wildlife is incredible, but the people there are very special, very friendly, very well-educated, articulate. Some of the best guides come out from... You can book a holiday with my clients and you can go and visit all of those marvellous areas. (laughs) You could do an eight-centre holiday. Um, (laughs) Yes, yeah. That would be a hell of a trip. How long have you got? I think with the Zimbabwe... 
Yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, a couple of nights in each. Zeman bots, they they really do produce some of the best guides as well, I've noticed as well. They're, they're yeah. really passionate about conservation, particularly with Zimbabwe as well. Hopefully, I mean, I, I know I've got some some friends in Zim and, you know, hopefully that, you know, they, they can bounce back from the uh, c- coronavirus thing as well. Is that they just getting into a terrible it well? time, haven't they? I mean, Victoria Falls sort of almost operates as a separate little enclave really so yeah. it's remained rather untouched by any political hassles but yeah absolutely but yeah they're, they're they're producing their sort of protocols and saying we're ready and the hand sanitizing and mm. everything. it's quite easy to do it's just getting the flights there yeah, we need to get, <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah. It's, it's get people down there. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, you, you were very diplomatic about your favourite place of holiday, and, and I don't blame you. I don't blame you. But in your time of being in travel, have you got some sort of golden moments that you think, oh, yeah, my God, when you look back, you think that that was so funny or that was just amazing or, you know, anything like that? I suppose Actually, I haven't told you this before, but there's one memorable, for all the wrong reasons probably, um, one of my birthdays in Botswana at Trevi Game Lodge, I was on a fan trip and uh, they gave me a special birthday cake. So when it came and the sparklers and the pink icing and everything and I cut into it and I thought the rangers, why are the rangers laughing so much in the staff? You know, everyone's really in hysteric. And I had a slice and I sent it back to one of the travel agents and uh, I kept saying, oh, what's it made of? Is it bran? Oh no, it's chocolate. Is it chocolate? And then... <laughs> The guy at the end of the table was eating a slice. And then I I said, why is it so funny? And I cut the slice and put it in my mouth. And I had a little bit of straw apparently on my lip. And they smacked it away from me. Yes, I think you're probably ahead of me, Steve. It was elephant poop. So that's probably my most memorable birthday in Africa. It's it's in May, so I'm usually down there in May. Um, (laughs) So that takes some beating. Probably. Uh, please guess. Don't worry. We don't do that as a. It has to be a special. Request. Only, only for special, special requests. Yeah. Special birthdays. <laughs> you get the dung, the dung cake. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god. But apart so from that wildlife, you know, just obviously being chased by an elephant for the first time and mm. all of that. The penguins in Cape Town I always enjoy. They're Absolutely. Quite special. They're yeah. quite fun, aren't they? Because that's on that's going down to the peninsula, isn't it? Is it Bold, is yeah, Bolders Beach. Yeah. yeah. I can't and whale watching, of course, in Hermanus, just two hours out of Cape Town. Yeah, the best uh, land based whale watching. On the planet yeah, yeah i've only been to south africa once but it was way back in sort of 1995 and it was um yeah. just before the well victoria the uh, marina sorry the victorian albert um oh, area. Yeah, the waterfront yeah. waterfront yeah it was it was built there were a few things there but it was quite small okay. um, but since then it's really it's i mean it's it's grown tremendously isn't it oh yeah it's fantastic i mean think sort of if you know this, the states, think Fisherman's Wharf in San Francisco, but yeah. you know, or Sydney, uh, the box area. It's very vibrant. It's fantastic restaurants. Always some music going on with yeah. that incredible backdrop of Table Mountain. I know it's amazing. It, it is. is. It is beautiful. Absolutely. Yeah. 
So with your career so far, you've been extremely successful. And I just wondered what, what your sort of secrets are from a, a business perspective. Would you say that sort of it's kept you focused or doing the right things, you know, looking after your clients? I really don't know, actually. I mean, I, I think quite obviously there's a lot of people that don't really, they can be highly intelligent, but not have very good people skills. So you know, when I, uh, a trainee, you know, you learn telephone technique, how to put that smile into your voice, yeah. how to engage with people, look them in the eye, show a bit of empathy. I mean, that's quite important at the moment for your clients, you know, just to say, look, I know you're suffering. Let me cut my fees or, or whatever. You know, a lot of things are instinctive but some things have to be taught as well and uh, you know geez a lot of it is luck Steve you know when in those sort of early 80s you could hop from one job to another and that's not the case now but I would definitely say be as engaging as you can Mm. as friendly and as empathetic as you can I think that's very true actually those are those are really good things to 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 have in your sort of armory if you like particularly nowadays where there's a tendency to rely more heavily on social media and the typed word rather than Mm. a a face-to-face spoken word yeah absolutely and so therefore I think that people that are like you said have that good people skills are are going to do really well I think and I think well the travel industry is is good for that anyway isn't it it's a very face-to-face industry to be in at the moment it isn't so you need those online skills as well obviously but yeah, I mean, just in life, you know, you need to engage. Yeah. Really. Yeah, no, absolutely. So do you think 2021 is going to be a good year? It'll be a better year. <laughs> I'm not sure it's going to be a great year. I don't know. Who knows anymore? I mean, you know, we're all hooking into these webinars where people are predicting whatever, but who can? No, it's really difficult to, to, to yes. predict. But I think one it will thing... be better. Yes, absolutely. When I first started doing this podcast, um, I did a little trailer and it was, I said that the people in the travel industry are inherently optimistic and, you know, they'll always look for the good moment. They'll always look forward to the industry picking up or there'll always be comments like, yeah, it's fine. We're going to be, we're 80% down. It's not a problem. We're going to get back up to uh, normal levels. (laughs) in six months time or whatever i really really truly hope that we can that we can get back to some sort of normality in terms of from a business perspective i think i think companies are going to work in a different way moving forward is is, i think it's going to become more experiential and i think that's where you know continents like africa and south america and asia to a certain degree are going to do really well because i think people are going to be wanting to do that type of trip more Mm. uh, we need those documentaries to still keep uh, airing yeah, absolutely. No, there's been there's been some fantastic ones on TV recently. Yes. Long may that continue. I, I I I've really enjoyed our conversation, Sue. Thank you so much. Um, Me too. You know, I was reluctant. I only <laughs> would do it for you. <laughs> no, I know. And you, you did, you, you, you came back and said, no, let's give it a go. And I, I really appreciate you having a chat with me. And I, I've, I've really, I love reminiscing about my time at, um, at JetSave. And it was such a brilliant few years for me. And it's, you've been instrumental in that. And I must say that, you know, you're kind of that sort of platform and foundation that you, you helped me build when I was, you know, really young in the industry has, has stood me in good stead over the last few years. So uh, I have to thank you for that. Wow, that's lovely. 
<laughs> well, I know you've probably affected a lot of other people as well. So there's, hopefully there'll be a lot of travel industry people listening uh, to the podcast. And they'll be going, yeah, oh, God, Sue, yeah, my God, she was brilliant. She did the same for me, Steve. Oh. Yeah, and if anybody, if any of the listeners are uh, sit, sitting there listening and saying, oh, my God, yeah, I remember this. If you've got any thoughts or reminiscences of, uh, of your time uh, at JetSave, then ping me uh, a message on, on Facebook or Twitter and, uh, or on the podcast and I'll get back to you and it'd be lovely to hear from you. Sue, thank you so much. Uh, I, I really appreciate you coming on the show. It's been lovely to chat with you and um, wishing you all the very, very best uh, over the thank coming months. You. We'll speak soon. Keep well, Steve. Huge thanks to Sue for our trip down memory lane. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify and now Amazon. Take care, everyone. And I'll be back soon with some more lovely guests on the Travelling Optimist podcast with me, Steve Odie.